Welcome back to the Lenders Playbook Podcast. Today was fun. Today we had a chance to talk with Shay Wally, the founder of Baseline. So if you're a private lender, this show is a must listen. Or if you're getting into the industry and looking for a software solution, Baseline is a comprehensive loan servicing and origination software platform for private lenders. Their cutting edge technology streamlines the inefficiencies associated with private lending. And if those of you who are in this industry, you know there can be some inefficiencies. From document generation, payment automation, and customer report generation, Baseline covers all the bases in a single software platform. We talk about business, we talk about tennis, and even his favorite books, and so much more. Please help me welcome Shay Wally. Shay, welcome. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. Good to see you. <laughs> um, this has been, a, it's a pleasure to have you on our on our podcast this is actually going to be our third. Well, actually, the, I have an intro, and then you're the second guest official on on this podcast. So, so this is uh, this is great. So, thank you. <laughs> great, yeah, of so, course. I we know each other, you know, from conferences and and um, kind of work together a little bit on that end. And a lot of people know you. Well, I know I, you because because you're a big deal in the private lending industry. <laughs> so that, that's how Depends I know who you. you're asking. Yeah. Well, thank you. I'll I'll make sure to to pull that soundbite out and play that on social. Don't media. don't edit that one out. Yeah. No, don't edit that one. All right. But but for those that, uh, we'll get into your business background and baseline everything that you do. But le- I wanted to kind of figure out, learn a little bit more about about you and what you like to do when you're not uh, when you're not working when you're not in the office. Uh, slaying the dragon and, and, and conquering the world what do you what do you like to do outside <laughs> that kind of brings you you know joy and energy and things like that yeah well you know as an entrepreneur um i think you can probably relate to this but uh over the last few years my life has been designed around my work so most of the things that i do uh, even in my free time they're really tied to my work in one way or another, even if I'm just grabbing drinks or coffee with a, with someone, uh, with a friend or just someone that I know, uh, it's typically we're, we're talking about work, but, um, I guess that's, that doesn't quite answer your question, but to answer your, your question, if, if I did have to pick something, I would say it's, uh, some sort of sporting activity. I grew up playing tennis. Oh, okay. uh, I played tennis all my life. Wow. Uh, I played competitively. I played. Uh, I played in university, um, and so, you know, when I do get the time, that's my go-to workout, and uh, wow. that's what I would do in my free time. Oh, that's fantastic! That's great. Tennis is like Thanks. it's one. It's an individual sport, right? And so I, I came. From, I come from a wrestling background, so I wrestled. Uh, you know, high school and college. And um, there's some similarities because tennis is a, well, unless you're doing doubles, right? Or something, but it's, it's a, you can only blame yourself for the wins or the losses. Right. And that's right. Yeah. Accountability for your actions. Yeah. It is a, it is a very isolating sport. It's unlike a lot of other sports where even in golf, technically you're, playing for yourself but you have a caddy there with you and you you always have someone um to talk to and you're you're doing it in a group um at when you know if we're talking about 
comfortable. Well, well, just to, at every level, whether you're playing for fun or whether you're playing professionally, you're doing it in a group. Mm-hmm. But in tennis, you're really isolated. And in professional tennis, you don't have your coach on the court. So you're really out mm-hmm. there on your own, solving problems on your own, dealing with adversity on your own. So you really do learn how to deal with things on your own uh, as a tennis player. And uh, that's something that's been, uh, I didn't, obviously when I was growing up, I didn't, it wasn't my intention to get into tennis so that I could learn to do these things in my business career. I, I wasn't thinking that far ahead, but it has trained me to problem solve in business. Yeah, that's great. I I can imagine that, especially when you're down by points and you're exhausted and the world is against you, you felt feel like and you still gotta <laughs> somehow yeah. figure out how to pull out a win. Right. Yeah. And, um yeah, that's great. But you also mentioned too that as an entrepreneur you're 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 kinda the way I kind of rephrase what you said is like you're you're never you never turn it off, right? Like a lot of people will ask me, hey, are you working, are you off now, or are you working, uh, what time are you off, uh, meaning like, are you where it's like a nine to five thing, I'm like, well, I'm, I'm always working, I mean, I, I don't know, I, if it's 12 o'clock at night, I, I'm sending a text message, or I'm doing something, right? You, you could be sitting on a beach in Tulum, and an idea <laughs> comes to you. <laughs> and you're going to take your phone out and, and write it down or something comes to you and you want to share it with someone, you're going to send that email out. doesn't matter. You can never turn it off. Nope. Yeah. It, and it, uh, you never turn it And it's a balance that we have to like figure out as, you know, with family and all the things that we, in life that we have responsibilities. I mean, you, so it's hard to be, sometimes it's hard to be present in a certain moment because you've got like, your wife talking to you or a significant other. And then you have like someone also trying to text you, send me a contract or, or, or a question or something. Right. So it's like, it's tough. I've, I've definitely got in trouble for that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. No, I bet. I bet. Um, okay. So that's cool. So we got tennis. That's great. We, uh, that's phenomenal. Um, talk a little bit about that. Tell me about baseline. Like who, who do you, who are you? What do you guys do? Who you help? How you help them? That kind of thing. Um, and then we'll kind of, you know, do a little bit of unpack a little bit about what you what that is and how, you know, how you benefit the private lending industry. Sure. So, you know, there there are a lot of terms uh, that are used in the private lending industry. So I'll try to keep it as simple as possible without getting into any of the technical terms. But essentially, in simple words, Baseline is a complete end-to-end software that is specifically designed for real estate private lenders who work with single-family homes or commercial properties. And it's uh, working with borrowers who buy investment properties or who are doing business purpose or commercial purpose loans. that's really who it's designed for. Mm-hmm. We built it as an internal tool for our business 
when we used to be lenders. And so we essentially repurposed that tool to then start offering as a SaaS solution. And it got to the point where we decided to wind down our lending business and focus entirely on the software business. But the idea is to provide a lenders with a comprehensive tool mm. that they can use to manage their entire business. Uh, it can serve pretty much every part of the value chain and it can help you take your loan uh, or your relationships with your borrowers from the very start from the moment they make a call to you or email you for the first time ever to when they do their 20th loan and need a payoff. Uh, think of everything that happens in between. Baseline can handle it. Wow. That's so good. That's phenomenal. There's, There's been, I've seen throughout the years, software providers that only do one segment of what you're talking about, right? So you're, you're talking end to end. I've seen... I'm not going to name names, but I mean, I've seen them out there that they'll only do origination or, or, you know, something specific with their own documents or something. And, but, but I like the, I like the full package that you guys are offering for sure. Um, yeah, it's a, it's an, it's an industry that, that is specialized enough. There's enough nuances within the industry that where a point solution, which is, you know, what you describe as software that only does one thing or, or one or two things, point solutions just aren't enough. And it gets to the point where when you're running your business, you're juggling 14 different tools and it gets frustrating. Yep. And so Baseline was really born out of that frustration that I experienced, my team experienced running a lending business. And the last thing we wanted to do was create something that's a point solution or something that only does a few things uh, here and there. There there are enough tools for that. If we're going to design something for the private lending industry, it better do nearly every single thing that's required to run uh, an effective private lending business. So we really emphasized on the idea of, of having a complete package. It took us longer to build it we didn't start offering it right away or three four months after we started building it we really started building it and then it took us a year and a half with a full development team that we have in-house to build the complete functionality uh, because we didn't want to go out to market with something that only did one piece of solved one piece of the puzzle we really emphasized on the idea of having it be truly end to end and very comprehensive. That's that's exactly what our industry needs. I, I've been doing I've been in the industry for sixteen years and what I do know is that it's a very old school, very it's still a very handshake, you know, type of a business where it's uh You've got you've got people in the industry that are not as technically savvy as mm-hmm. real estate investors or or the young the younger guy the younger generation the twenty something year olds that can figure out all this stuff real quickly and all that. So a lot of these guys for years, what I've seen, they use Excel spreadsheets, and they, yeah, 
and and um and they're trying to manage that and then like you said then they'll try then they'll try to piecemeal together all these tools and then they get lost in the in the nonsense of all these tools with passwords and and all this stuff that it just becomes them running through mud and it's like attaching it's like attaching a, a hundred pound weights to your ankles and saying okay now go try to run this uh this race right and and they can't and so they're slow and they're inefficient um <laughs> do you see that too there are a couple things yeah there are a couple of things that you mentioned there that that, that i want to just uh highlight the the handshake part is it, it's good in some ways because that's what you should be doing to manage your relationships but that's yeah. not what you should be doing that's not the approach you should be taking to run the process or run multiple processes in your business mm -hmm. that should be done in a more technologically advanced way sure right uh the other thing that you mentioned was that there's younger uh younger people and the next generation that's coming and that's that does that applies to borrowers investors all the different stakeholders that even if you're running your private lending business as in an let, let's call it an old-fashioned manner you still have other stakeholders like borrowers and investors yeah. who expect a modern digital digital solution uh, because that's what they're used to from doing business with other companies and and with their online banking and with their yes. Robinhood accounts and things like that, right? So they're now used to experiencing those uh, th those things, and and so they want they they demand the same type of experience from Absolutely. you when they're working with you as a lender. Absolutely, yeah. That's 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 phenomenal. That's great. Um. Yeah, because it's not just the lender. It's not. It, you're right. I mean, if you're raising a, if you have a fund, and you've raised capital from all these investors and accredited investors, and you're required to show, you know, and provide uh, uh, results from the fund, and then pay That's right. investor yeah. reporting. Yeah, investor reporting. It's and just, yeah. Yeah, so, so it's not just in, it's not just your internal team or your your internal operations. It's also about providing that experience to your external stakeholders, like your investors and borrowers. And that's actually a big focus of baseline. That's that's what we you you asked about um, about what it is. That is one of the things that sets us apart. Is we've really uh, focused on those experiences that. The lenders have with their customers sure. and we really tried to perfect all those touch points that lenders have with their external stakeholders and so baseline helps you elevate those experiences that you that you have uh with your mm. borrowers and investors yeah that's great that's great um and yeah the, the as far as like um now the, the way I look at it too is when a because I I'm I talk with private lenders all day long and I've been doing that for years and I think one of the big differences may, correct me if I'm wrong between a floundering 
you know, person in our industry, a guy that's just doing one or two deals a month and having a hard time doing it and they're complaining about everything versus somebody who's just, you know, uh, their volume is high, their efficiencies are high. They can focus on what's most important in their business, which is like customer facing, you know, with a with a client in front of somebody instead of on the back end trying to figure out sending a contract here and doing all these types of work. I mean, it's the tools that you're providing somebody that gives them confidence to move forward, right? And and I know, like we're talking about sports, from my background in wrestling or anything really in business, anytime, if, if you want confidence in your business or in life, it comes from preparation. It comes from having the tools having the training and knowing how to use those tools. And then you're confident. So then now you can like, okay, I don't have to worry about this. I can go out and I can talk with my potential borrowers. I can go to these RIA meetings. I can go to this conference and that and, and be in front of somebody and not be split minded. So I love what you guys are doing. Exactly. Right? Yeah. 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 No, you, 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 you nailed it. Uh, that's, it, it's really uh, the idea of, of, someone using baseline is that it brings those processes that you would have if you're uh, a well-oiled machine yep. in a, in a, in a very accessible, easy to use uh, way where you, you can, you can just sign up for baseline and it's, you're ready to go out of the box right. and you, you, you appear as a well-oiled machine as opposed to someone who's just figuring things out. What are some of the objections? This is coming to my mind right now. I mean, why? I don't understand why somebody would actually not. Because I went to your website and it's just so clean and so like refreshing. Why would somebody not? I'm just being like devil's advocate. Why would they not do use your use baseline? I mean, apart from maybe competition or or something like that. But I mean, sure. Yeah. What are you What are you hearing? Yeah. Look, I think. When it comes to using systems, we're creatures of habit and humans generally don't like change. Mm. You know, when, in, when, when, when you use, if you, if you, if you use a smartphone, I, 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 I assume you do, <laughs> but if you use a smartphone, if you use an yeah. iPhone, when, when Apple pushes out an update, you're, you're generally a little frustrated why that happened and, so and because true. you're used to doing you're used to doing things a certain way yeah but then you use it for a couple of days and you forget about how you used to do it because it just becomes nature so i think people's initially people uh sort of people resist that change and and you know they're using excel and excel's easy i i will admit excel is arguably the best software ever built, but it has its limitations. Right. It's if you're for, for, for general use for financial modeling, it's the best thing ever. But if you're running a business with external stakeholders and, and you have customers who require uh, documents and statements and reporting, Absolutely. Excel's not the way to go. All right. But People are just used to it. So they're creatures of habit and they resist change. But once they do start using software like baseline, mm -hmm. then 
they forget all about how they used to do something and it becomes so intuitive uh, that they then realize that they should have done it uh, a long time ago. Yeah. So, you know, that's, that's, and, and we really made, uh, made a point of making it very intuitive that, so that that time from when you sign up to when you see the value of it really is, we, we really shortened that cycle. So yeah. if a customer signs up within a week, they forget all about how they used to do it in Excel and they're up and running and they can invite borrowers to the to their branded borrow portals. They can invite investors to their branded investor portals. And when those customers start talking about how cool the experience is and how much they're enjoying yep. the new system, that's when the lenders uh, completely forget all about what they used to do and how they used to do it. And, and this becomes their new new thing. Absolutely. That's great. Another thing too, I would imagine is if you're raising capital from investors and they know that you have this foundational back backing with baseline and, and a clean reporting system, they're a lot more, they're more apt to say, yes, I am interested in investing in, in, in your fund versus somebody who's managing their business through whatever Excel or what have you. So you'll raise yeah, more think capital, about how much, I believe. 100%. And that's, that's one of our strongest features. Think about how much trust you can instill in a potential investor. If you give them a login to their own portal where they can see all of the reporting that happens in real time. Yep. And, and it's not just that, but then they might be talking to their buddy or, or, or their coworkers or whoever within their network and they pull up their portal and then they refer someone within their network to you as a lender. Uh, and, and then you grow your investor base uh, just because someone has this interface where someone has this portal where they can log into and, right. and see everything that's happening uh, with yeah. their investments. Gosh, that's so good. Perfect. That's great. Well, that's a hundred reasons why to, to join, you know, to, to sign up with baseline for sure. I mean, um, yeah, no, because it's, it's frustrating. I hear people all the time wanting to raise capital and especially newer newer folks that are they're investors they're kind of like hybrid investors and and hard money or private lending brokers it, it, they're they're kind of one and the same and they're trying to go out and they're always asking me to help them raise capital because they figure well you know you run these conferences and you've been doing all this for so long and certainly you know all the investors with with millions of dollars that can give and like yeah it doesn't really work like that i mean <laughs> at all <laughs> You, first of all, you're not just like you talked about handshakes are good, but not when you're talking about like exchanging, you know, uh, uh, hundreds of thousands or millions of dollars into a fund. Um, and so having this as a reporting system is so key. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm you not going to give somebody was... all my money just for the just because we I like the guy and or, or gal and they, we shook on it. It's not going to work like that. 
Yeah, and if it does, it's probably good. It's it's something. It's a process that that's going to take years, and yeah, right. and it's going to take some some serious relationship building uh, for you to get to a point where someone does give you money on a handshake. But that's not a very scalable model, right? Right. I was on a panel with um, with Wes Carpenter from Stormfield Capital in Connecticut, yep. and they are now some of their investors and their funds are endowments. Yeah. And you know, that's the ultimate institutional capital uh, that a lender can dream of. But when I was talking to him, this, he shared with me what they did. And essentially they started out raising money from small uh, or individual high net worth individuals. Right. Um, So that's where they start. They build a track record with those folks. Then they go to slightly bigger uh, uh, companies. And then ultimately, based on that track record, on the the back of that track record, they can go out to institutions like endowments and foundations and, and raise money from them. But all of that requires some 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 infrastructure in place where you can highlight your track record. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's a great point you mentioned just now. What they did is that they didn't just go to the endowments and the other organizations. They they went they started off with the country club money, right? The That's right. The the yeah. moment, and it it know. won't work if they go straight to the institutions because those institutions would then ask for a track record and right. and that's just uh, that's not the most efficient uh, use of time to just go to them because that's always going to be a no until you have that track record. Sure, sure, absolutely. Yeah, that they can see like, okay, they did provide a, a good, strong dividend yield to this group and, and they're growing and I can see the track record and I can see the reporting. Yeah, certainly. Exactly. Let me ask you, um, what, as an entrepreneur, we've, we're, we're faced with challenges all the time and we're faced with mountain sometimes that we have to overcome maybe we go around that mountain maybe we go up and over I don't, maybe we just chip away at the mountain what what are some of the challenges that that you have faced um you know starting out in the business and uh that you had to fa- that you faced and that you you know that you're overcoming maybe even right now i mean the the origin story of baseline itself is a uh, is born out of a challenge you know it was a base, baseline our lending company uh faced challenges uh that eventually led us to create the software solution that that we created mm-hmm. but you know some it, it was it, it all it, a lot of them had to do around efficiency um and we found that once we started making things more efficient, then it really allowed us to focus on the important things, which is as a, as a lender, your, your two most important things. And perhaps I'm oversimplifying this, no, but good. it's to, but the two most important things are to originate loans and source capital. Yep. So you have to go out and find borrowers and go out and find capital. So those are the two things that you should be 
focusing on most. Everything else in between, you should just have a system in place and let it run on autopilot or or have 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 an efficient way of of running that entire process in between. So, you know, for for us, the challenges that we faced running a lending business was those challenges that the administrative work and the processes and and all the things that would sort of break down uh, in between, which kept us from going out and sourcing more deals and sourcing more capital. Mm. And so, so really we 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 dealt with those challenges by developing a system that allowed us to just focus on those two things. Ultimately, everything else in between is just cost. Yeah. Yeah. And, and if you're not efficient yeah. with those, it's just going to cost you money. It's going to cost you time. It's uh it's opportunity cost. It's a, uh, it's a uh, monetary cost. It's, it's just a cost. So really you just have to put in place a system that allows you to go source capital and source deals. That's so good. That's so, so in essence, the, this came out of your own necessity. This is a this was a thing that you scratched your own itch, if you will. And and some of the best companies out there started this way, where you're solving your own problem, and and then it provides yeah. more of a context for other private lenders to say, he gets it. He was he was just like me. Like you're speaking my language. I'm faced with all of these issues. I, I you know, and. And it's really, it has music to your words when this is a product that was created to solve your own problem. That's phenomenal. Yeah, absolutely. It was, it was, and, and we really did not have the intention of, of offering it as a, as a uh, subscription to other lenders. We, we sort of created it as a, as a way to gain a competitive advantage and what ended up happening in the process was as I was going to industry events and, and talking to my, my peers within the industry, um, it would come up that, that we had built the system for, for our own business and, and they'd ask if they could use it. And, and, you know, I was proud of it. So I'd show it. And then every single time they would ask if they can license it from <laughs> us and, wow. and, that happened. That happened so many times that uh, we we decided to to change our business model and and just offer it as a as a uh, solution to other lenders. Um, and you know we were in a unique position to do that. To your point earlier, we had experienced the problem firsthand and knew how to solve it. Mm. And we just thought that we could really uh, build. Uh, a strong business out of solving this problem for other lenders, yeah. and so that's what we did. That was that was um, it was it was a solution to our own problem. Wow! Yeah, that's great. That's that's so good. Okay, so moving on to the, I have another question. I got a couple more questions for you because I I um I think this whole story is fascinating. I really do. But what is some of the best advice? Yeah, I know. I'm putting you on the spot. So if you don't have an answer, totally okay. What's some of the best advice that you've received, whether it's in business or maybe it was a tennis coach or, or some somebody that gave you advice that you've used that you kind of still 
apply today? Yeah, there's there's a few things, um, and I'm just going to sort of uh, talk about them as as they come to me. But but the first thing that I can think of is um, someone something that I learned from a, from a tennis coach when I was when I was in my teenage years, and uh, I used to get I used to get very nervous before competition, and and my I had a I had a very smart tennis coach who changed my entire perspective on nerves. Oh essentially what he said oh was, was yep. essentially what he said was getting nervous is like lifting weights for your brain. Every time you get nervous, treat it as an opportunity to get better at dealing with nerves and, and get better at dealing with tough situations. And so that change in my mindset just, just, whenever I would get nervous, it, it turned into excitement because it was, it was a way to get better at something. And it was, and I knew that next time I'm in that situation, uh, I won't get nervous. And, and now I apply that to everything. If I'm going to a conference and speaking in, on a panel, if I'm in speaking in front of 50 people, I'm going to be nervous, but the next time I speak in in front of 50 people, I won't be as nervous. And then, you know, then I'll speak in front of a hundred people and 500 people. And, and every single time, and, and think about it when, when you speak in front of 500 people, then you go back to speaking in front of 50 or hundred people. It doesn't yeah. seem as bad, right? It's nothing. So every right. time you, every time you sort of, you know, I'm going to use a, a pun here. Every time you increase your baseline. Right. <laughs> and, uh, and and so, yeah. Yeah. so so you get better. So that's one thing. Um, that's great. The other thing okay. that's the other thing that's coming to my mind is uh, something that I remember from a Steve Jobs speech, and and I think every entrepreneur can relate to this. But he was he was speaking. Uh, he said something like, "If if today were the last day of my life, yeah, um, would I want to do what I'm about to do today?" And when the answer has been no for too many days in a row, that's a sign that I need to change something. And, mm. and that's, that's, and that was, that was one of the things that I learned a long time ago. And, and that's why I actually left my job. I was working in finance and, uh, and I left my job because I, I wasn't loving it. And that was the catalyst for me to, uh, to start my, uh, my business. And then the third thing that I'm going to share, wow. uh, which yeah. is a, something that I recently came across there's a speech by uh, this guy Graham Weaver. Uh, Graham Weaver. He was a he's a, a private equity executive and a lecturer at Stanford University. And he recently gave this uh, gave this speech. It was this year, I believe, uh, about how to live an asymmetric life. And essentially, the idea of an asymmetric life is about seeking opportunities where the possibility of gains mm. outweighs what you can lose. Right. And so the main takeaway from that is how do you, how yeah. do you leave, how do you, how do you lead a, an asymmetric life? It's doing it. There, there's a few things and, and this is on YouTube. I encourage everyone to go watch it, but the takeaways are do hard things because oh, yeah. everything is hard. So, so, you know, do hard things. Um, you have to do hard things, do your thing. Uh, there's there's suffering in in pretty much everything, so you might as well do something that yep. you own and that you love. So do your thing, and then do it for decades. 
And this is something that I that I learned in tennis is that to be good at something, you have to do it for a long time. And we all we've all heard the idea of uh, putting in ten thousand hours at yep. something to really specialize at it and, master. and yep. not to become a master. And nothing is truer than 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 that. You have to put in the time. No one is just born. Yeah, being great at something, you yep. have to put in the time. So, yep. Um, yep. yeah, that, that's a lot of, and I I, uh, I picked a lot of different things from from. Uh, from different areas those of my life so to, to answer that question. But yeah, those are, those are, those are the top three things that come to my mind right now. And I'll put those links down below too, in the somewhere, somewhere on our podcast oh, that'd be great. page. Yeah. I'll, I'll put, I'll put that. Great idea. Um, yeah. I'll put those links in some of these show notes. Cause um, I wrote down your three and they're really good. I, I don't want to go on a soapbox. I could talk about it. I get, get me going on this for a while. <laughs> But the, I, I, I got nervous to too. too. I got nervous uh, competing as well. And um, I think it's natural. If you're is, not yeah. nervous, it means you don't care. Right, right. But I like what you talked about because it is a muscle. And I remember the first years ago, I'm older now, but I mean like years ago when I first started out in corporate, in, in sales, and I'm making the call. Right, and we all have to face that moment where we're picking up that phone and we call up somebody completely out of the blue. Oh my gosh! Right, and that phone weighs two hundred. That's nerve wracking. It's nerve wracking, <laughs> and you got people around yeah. you kind of listening in. It's just hard. And I remember that first call was the hardest call to make. Um, it didn't say. I'm not saying the second call was easy either, but it, it eventually, it's like I, if I can do one call, I can do two, and I can do. 10. I remember the first day I did 10 calls. Wow. You know, and I got the little bit of results and then you start, you could, you know, it, like you said, like making just one call now is very easy compared because I just did 10 calls. This is not a big deal. Yeah. And then you start, yeah. you really start hitting it. And like what you said, long-term, you start doing this on a long-term basis. It's not just an overnight, Hey, I'm going to call up the guy, get a deal and everyone's happy. I mean, you got to like, put in the time and, and energy for a long duration. It's you're in it for the long haul. So these three points. Absolutely. Just, yeah. Um, just, just big. And, and also too, to your point on the second thing you, you talked about, um, if it, something that Steve Jobs said, right. As far as like, if, if it's on your mind day after day, that's something you probably should start doing. And that's how American lending conference was started. And, I had nothing against the NPLA or Pitbull or anything like that. My dad started the company. I, I, I still have a heart for that organization. But for so many years, I was thinking to myself, years now, not just a months or days. I mean, I was like, I really want to start my own conference. I want to start my own thing. So that's when that was started. Because at a certain point, you're just like, I have to, I have to make a move. Also, I'm just going to keep mm -hmm. on doing something that. I'm not 100% passionate about and, and, and I just want to like be my own man and so forth. So, um, yeah, you know, it's not a fun way to live. If you're, if you're, if you're constantly just battling that, uh, sure. that internally, right. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, um, okay. And then the last question is, is there any books? I'm a, I'm kind of a book nerd. I've developed myself into a nerd. I, I was never that way. Um, 
but I, I learned to love books and podcasts too. But I mean, I learned to like dive in on books and really, really learn to love them. So I read probably three to four a month, um, all kind of business related, you know, marketing yeah. and all that stuff. Do you have any, yeah. any books that really kind of made a difference in your life, business books or anything like that? Yeah, I, I'm I'm guilty of uh, reading too many business books myself. Um, uh, I but I, and I keep telling myself that I that I really need to read some fiction just to keep my uh, creative juices flowing. But um, yeah, I, I'm I'm a I'm a I, I'm a big fan of books myself. Um, and when I do get the chance to to read books i kind of get on a roll and start reading five or six books in a row and yeah. then uh and, and then I, I need to take a break and then i sort of re- repeat the cycle um there's there's one book that i don't think a lot of people um have have heard about uh it's one of the most underrated books and i've read it probably five or six times now oh man um and the title is a bit, a bit bit corny. So it's called "The Fish That Ate the Whale," um, okay. and, and and yeah, it's a, it's a corny title, but the story is fascinating. Uh, it's about this guy Samuel Zimmery, and I went to Tulane University, uh, which oh. is in New Orleans, and 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 this this story has its has its root in New Orleans, roots in New Orleans, and and Sam Zimmery used to be. Uh, some of the buildings on campus at Tulane are named mm-hmm. after the Zimmery family. So, um, and, and interestingly, I didn't even hear really learn about the story when I was in school. I learned it years after, but oh, wow. it, but I, but I became a fan because of the connection uh, to Tulane. But so, so Sam Zimmery, he's, he's one of the most successful and underrated businessmen of all time. He was a Russian Jewish immigrant who came to America penniless in, in, the, in the late 1800s. And he worked a bunch of odd jobs, uh, ended up working as a roadside food peddler. Um, and then he worked his way up from, uh, from, a, from a roadside food peddler to starting his own fruit company, which eventually became the United Fruit Company. Mm. And wow. it, it, it's one of the best stories, and uh, it, it's 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 proof that America is truly the land of opportunity right. because that story could not happen anywhere else in the world except for America. Mm. Um, he he really uh, symbolizes all the good things that uh, all the opportunity that you can pursue in the United States, and, and that. I, 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 I don't see that happening anywhere else in the world. Wow, that's great. The fish that ate the whale. That's when I will read that book. And next time I see you. It's an easy read. It's an easy read. It's an easy read. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's a great story. And it's, it's, it's very much a, a story. So it's, you know, yeah. it's easy to follow it. You, you really get sucked into it. It brings you in. Yeah, no, I'll definitely read. And I'll put that again in that book, that the show note in there. You know, that's great. Great. I never heard yeah. that book. I think yeah, people no, enjoy I, it. It's rare. Everyone yeah. will always mention yeah. to me, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, all the books that I love to read, you know, yeah. Think and Grow Rich or what have you. But the, the yeah. fish that ate the whale, phenomenal. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a, 
Yeah, I mean, it's a bit of a biography. I, I'm a sucker for biographies. Uh, I, I read a lot of biographies. And, and even though this one's not really meant to be a biography, it sort of is a biography about Sam Zimmery. Uh, and, I, and I also just really like it because it's just, it flies under the radar and, and it feels like you're being let into a secret. Mm. Oh, right, right. So it's, so it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's pretty fascinating. That's great. Well, I I um I appreciate our our time on the podcast. I wanted to want to ask where where can um, people find you and uh, whether it's online or in the office. In I'm the always office. at the office. So there you can go. always uh, always find me here. Um, no, we're baselinesoftware.com. Um, okay. That's our website. Um, I'm available on LinkedIn. Um, I try to post pretty actively. Uh, same things that we talked about today. I just, I, I like, I enjoy sharing my thoughts uh, here and there. Um, I, I write uh, an article every, uh, every now and then. Um, and then, you know, I'm always, uh, people can always find me via LinkedIn or email, uh, Wally at BaselineSoftware.com, W-A-L-I at BaselineSoftware.com. But yeah, we're, we're here. Uh, we're not that difficult to find. So um, anyone who's starting a lending business or wants to take their lending business to the next next stage, um, I would uh, please consider checking out uh, BaselineSoftware.com. Awesome. Awesome. BaselineSoftware.com. Um, I also put that LinkedIn. I follow your LinkedIn all the time and I, you're very active. That's very, very good. Keep it up. Um, but yeah, Thank I'll put you. those in the show notes as well. So those will be available. And I really appreciate your time again. And uh, um, there's a lot more to come. And, I, and I'm and i excited about working with you and, and, and um, providing more value to the private lending industry. So thanks, Matt. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited for you. This uh, the, the American Lending Conference. Thank you. Uh, will be great. Uh, congrats. And We'll, we'll definitely do our best to support it in, in any way possible. And um, yeah, very excited that you, that you started this. Uh, thank you so much. I really appreciate that. Well, thank you so much. And uh, we'll talk to you soon. Okay. Thanks, All Matt. Right. Thanks, Shay. See you later. Bye.